welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most law enforcement-loving city between Canyon City and Florence. I'm Jared Jacang Mayor, hosting today our topics, who demanding, Peyton Manning is demanding, and we're going to talk about this uh, proposal in at the going before the Denver City Council to ban outdoor camping in Denver, and some say an effort to ban homelessness in Denver. Uh, co-host today, Josh Johnson. Hello, Josh. Good morning. And Vanessa Martinez. How are both of you? Great. How are you, Jared? It feels like it's been a long time since I've been in the in the hot seat here. It has. That's been. right. It feels it feels good to be back. Yeah. Good. Well, and of course, we have, have our uh, man entombed behind the glass back there, Julian. Hello, everyone. And Julian, <laughs> it, it, how do I pronounce that? Because I'm really confused. Is it Julian or Julian or, as Ron would say, Julian? <laughs> what, what do you prefer? Um, uh, either way, I like uh, I like Julian. You like Julian, or in in Spanish would be Julian. Julian. Mm-hmm. I'll just say. Can we call you Jules? <laughs> or they call me Juju. Juju. Oh, yeah. Juju! Okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah. New name. Um, so, guys, first I want to uh, run through some of the uh, headlines out there that some things that we've talked about in the past, but most notably in Fremont County recently, they've approved, they've given the pr- approval for Christo, the artist, um, over the river project. This is like another one of these steps he's had to go through. I know this is something that we've been talking about because it seems like there's uh, every time he passes one hoop, jumps through one hoop, there's another one standing his way. But Fremont County there giving final approval to this. Vanessa, I know that you were before it. You were for it before you were against it. And And I I wasn't totally necessarily against. I just said, let's rethink. Let, let's 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 rethink Christo's. Uh, yeah, because I was such a strong proponent before, and then I and then I was questioning my my support after, and that's and that's where I landed. But I didn't know the, about the vote. Yeah, so Fremont County, I guess it's the Fremont County commissioners have to give their approval. Of course, the opponents of this are are pretty upset. The people that name themselves rags over the river. Uh, but I just kind of wonder, I mean, this is, uh, you know, Fremont County. These are the elected officials down there representing ostensibly the people down there. Does that, Vanessa, sway you any way here or nor- or there as far as I'm going like, to I'm going to have to look at the, at the meeting notes and see. Uh, no, you're and, not. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to. But I mean, I'm sure it's going to come out, right? There's going to be more stories now that the vote has happened about whether or not there might have been some kind of, you know, oh, were, were they bought off? I can see that's, you know, that argument probably coming into place um, by the opponent side, op- opposing side. You know, every time I look at these, uh, you know, these other votes and these other processes that Christo has to go through, and every time you see quotes from him, like most recently about this, he's talking about the opposition, and he says, well, I, you know, I welcome this discussion, and I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm like, well, you, would, you only say that because you're an artist, Right, like if if you were an oil or gas company, or if you were some big engineering firm that was trying to force through some major public project down anywhere in Colorado, you would have already had this done. You would That's have found true. ways. You would have found loopholes to get around every single one of these, uh, every single one of these regulatory steps, and you would have already had this bill. I wonder if sure. it has something to do with that. He's an artist, and it does. I mean, he was raising his profile. I mean, he, an artist doesn't want to do something that no one sees. So if the more that he's in the press, the more people are in the hype there's going to be about coming to see it. Yeah, but he already has enough hype. He's like a... Yeah. G- g- I guess. I mean, artist. I could ask my mom, and she wouldn't know what we're talking about. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. And I think that that's another, you know, thing at play down there is that a lot of people, they, they have no idea who he is. So this, you know, until he proposed over the river, there were a lot of people in Fremont County who had no clue who Christo was. Yeah, most people, I think, didn't. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I mean, I've known of him for years since the uh, um, Central Park thing is when he yeah, first the, fell, um, the came gates. on my radar, right, Gates. Yeah. And um, when, when in the early stages of this, I would mention it to people, and the majority had no idea who he was. Yeah. But now, yeah. certainly, you know, the majority do. But as an artist, you do want to create dialogue about your work. And so yeah, I'm sure on some level he enjoys all this. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that we'll end up talking about this uh, in the future. Indefinitely. <laughs> Indefinitely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in 2020, when, when the actual thing gets approval and, and put together, right. we'll actually all go look at it. Right. Uh, another news story I want to get your guys' take on, up in Lyons, Colorado, uh, next week there is a uh, ballot initiative going before the voters there on whether or not to ban medical marijuana dispensaries. Uh, this was something that actually went before the town council a year ago where they actually said, you know, as every single city um, under the current state law can choose whether or not to allow dispensaries in their in their local jurisdiction. The town council approved it, but now there's this ballot initiative to say, uh, no, as a citizens, we want to kick all the three dispensaries out of Lyons. Yeah. Uh, but it's really interesting because Fort Collins, right, has banned dispensaries. Longmont, I think, has banned dispensaries. We don't know. Has Loveland banned dispensaries? I don't know. That's what I was wondering because it's. A, I mean, it's right in the middle of the two, and I can imagine that if anybody would, it would be and Loveland. I think Berthet. So I think Berthet banned dispensaries too. So what does this mean for that? You know, all the people that live in and around Fort Collins. You both were, you know, lived in Fort Collins for a long time. Opened up, you know, what two dozen different alternative news weeklies <laughs> yeah. there during your yeah. time. What, what do you think about what's going on there? Among where are the potheads and the the medical marijuana users going to be able to? Get there. Uh, they go out to the county. I mean, if you drive out of the county, and like even in between Loveland and Fort Collins, there's still some. Really? Yeah. So in an unincorporated Larimer County is is where they all are remaining, um, and people drive out of town to get there. But I, I think that the difference between the, the less tolerance of 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 the dispensaries up there is is some perception of quality of life. I think that they um, they like to think that they live in this. Well, because Fort Collins always gets named one of the best exactly. places. Exactly, the they imagine it as like a neo Mayberry. Yes, um, and and it's really I'm fine with uh, citizens voting and not having dispensaries there. I'm not fine when it's built on a, a false premise that that somehow having dispensaries um, makes makes you like a drug-addled city or something. It's it's a stigma around it. It's it's the way that the opponents of it frame it right as if like if it's in within you know half a mile of a school the kids are going to end up heroin addicts well and one of those opponents is um one of our favorite yes. former mayors um, is a tv show yeah well i was just going to say that, so who, i got who is it, it mayor ray, ray martinez oh. he's no longer mayor. he hasn't been mayor for a while but before that he was a police detective and a police officer and uh he's incredibly conservative and uh i guess there's a show called american weed on national geographic i got a text last oh. night from our former publisher i did as well and uh <laughs> he said that they they were in fort collins on the national geographic channel and ray martinez is actually in this episode oh. so for people who might want to know more about this and certainly i do yeah. now um you might get a sense of where this attitude and, and this conservatism and this opposition to pot comes from um, if you listen to Ray Martinez because he's 
leading the charge. Well, we should check that out and see if we can get a clip. And, uh, you know, I'd like to hear your analysis about Mr. Ray Martinez <laughs> and where his uh, anti-weed uh, stance comes from. Uh, the... The, the, the big topic, of course, here in Denver, um, for those that follow sports or even those like me who usually skip over the – scroll past the sports section sure, or they too. get to like the business and the, and the yeah. political section, uh, Peyton Manning uh, That's is right. going to be our new quarterback. But the thing that excites me the most about this is not you know the Broncos' Super Bowl chances or anything else. But as I tweeted last week, it's all of the really excellent – Manning-related puns we're going to be seeing in local news headlines. Should we preempt them? <laughs> yeah, well, well, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is, is uh, let's let's do a public service here. What are the what are the Manning puns that we can offer up to all of these uh, newspapers and local news agencies out there who you know really need our help because they've you know have have a lot of layoffs. There's low staff there, yeah. so um, I'm wondering what would be Josh an example of a, of a I would headline? I would choose. Um, one stall, small step for Manning, one giant leap for the Broncos. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, mine is just Manning up. Manning up. Manning up. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I also thought, you know, uh, along with that Manning on the moon, you could throw that. And so that, that, would be a, that would be a story where, you know, he's like, the photo would be he's, he's lost and he's like a little downtrodden. Maybe mm-hmm. he's been exiled from his teammates. That, that would be one where you could put in there. But then there's also on the flip side, the Manning with the planning. I thought about that. Oh, that's I a good one. And he would be there, you know, strategizing the. Yeah, I'm waiting for like Ma- the Manning Cave. Oh, when oh, he goes through his. Or his... or just other people like ha- like fans, you know, like maybe it even like a, a bar. Good blog. Oh yeah, that would be a good blog. Well, yeah. the Boulder Daily Camera already beat beat us to this because they uh, their big headline when Manning was it was announced that he was signed was uh, Broncos get their Manning. Oh, um, yes. Mm. I just laughed and laughed. Yeah. <laughs> so clever. Manning handled. Oh. Manning handled. Manning handled. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of, you know, that, that movie, uh, the bromance movie, uh, I Love You, Man. Oh, I Love You, Manning? I Love You, Manning. Oh, that's, that's a great Manning one. Bear Pig. Manning Bear Pig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, please, please. Uh, Manningscaping. <laughs> Please, Denver Diatribe listeners out there, if you have any other suggestions, uh, drop us a line on our Facebook page. Let us know what your Manning-related headlines will be coming up. So before we move on to our next more serious topic about homelessness in Denver, I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsor. Free Speech TV allows us to uh, have these studio digs here and bring... Uh, our listeners this show so check it out freespeech.org you can watch uh, all types of quality lefty shows online and you you're it? you're um i have i have i somehow ended up with my own show yeah it's called occupy the media yeah and you're, you're the anchor long. i'm the anchor yeah yeah it's an hour long it looks great show too. oh thank you yeah. did you watch it i watched it it's really, it's good. Yeah, I well, I watch a half of one episode. It's interesting. But to it's see really Jer- well produced. Jared poised like an anchor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, had, I've had to really like practice my. my Clearly, you do it well. Because you have at the beginning, we have these reads. It's like the the whole purpose of it is like the Occupy Wall Street movement is this big national international movement. Well, it deserves to have the same level of coverage and news that that anything else would. Uh, so. We look at, you know, what's going on in different cities and different states. So at the beginning, we have, like, these news headlines, you know, what happened in Occupy Oakland, when it, but it, they're 
it's really difficult yeah. to read. I, you have to do like breathing. You have to m- monitor how you take <gasps> breaths, but you can't like <laughs> yeah. do it. And then, by the end, <laughs> and, like, and then it's it's almost like um, you know you'll be reading a long sentence, but if you tried to read it all in one breath, you'd run out. So you have to do these like little puffs, like like circular breathing. Yeah, you know, right. Like trumpet players do. So you're like. <sighs> <laughs> you should watch for that. I'm gonna watch for that. I am too. I want to. You should. You should offer some workshops. I, you yeah, should. Yeah. Yeah. I Circular breathing. One. I'm not. I'm not gonna breathe for the rest of the uh, show. You will, you will not hear me take a breath. I, I'm breathing right now. Yeah. Just talking. And talking, and talking. Uh, okay. So I want to dig into this next uh, topic because it's something that has garnered a good amount of controversy here in Denver because and it's a proposal that has been kind of mucking around in the works behind the scenes with Denver city government, a proposal to what they say, quote, ban outdoor camping. (laughs) And what this, what this proposed law will do, and we don't really know what's exactly in this proposed ordinance because it is to be submitted to the Denver committee next week. And I actually tried to go find the language of this law, uh, but it hasn't been posted yet, at least where I could find it. But in essence, it would say you can no longer do not only outdoor camping in public parks or on private property, but you can't do it anywhere in Denver. And this would include anything where you're going to be erecting any type of structure, certainly a tent. But then also opponents say this would also criminalize people who are sleeping on the, you know, in some back lot with a tarp over their head or a sleeping bag. That would even be covered under this outdoor camping law. On one end, there are the uh, business owners, particularly downtown Denver, who say we need to really do something about this because it's been such a huge problem where you have homeless people moving on to the 16th Street Mall um, in, in the middle of the night, and it's become a big problem for business owners. But then on the other side, there's all the homeless advocates, Colorado Coalition for the Homeless, saying what you're going to do is people who are you have nowhere else to say stay. You're going to turn them not you're going to turn them into criminals. People could be arrested for this as opposed to just getting a ticket or something like that. So we'll kind of get maybe more into the details for what this means in a few seconds. But I want to get your guys's initial take to this proposed. Uh, law here in Denver. Josh, what do you, what's your initial take? Is this, I think it's horrible. I mean, I do. I, I'm on, I'm on the same, I'm on the same side. I actually wrote down a lot of points of why I think so, but I, my biggest, I, I also, to be, if you're going to take any kind of middle ground, where's the, the cost analysis here too? That's something the that cost I'm really, benefit analysis. Yeah. I mean, if we're putting, how much money are we going to be putting into training the police to do this? First of and all, which they've talked yeah. about that. Um, and also how much it's going to cost to process homeless people into prison. Why not use that money to put up another shelter? Yeah, right. It, it's not, it's it, it, identifying the problem in it is one thing, right? I mean, if it's a problem downtown, downtown business is fine, but I don't see this as the solution. Well, and it's, I just get sick of how when there's a problem, what we do is outlaw it. Yeah. It's there. Like that's the answer. Now, uh, to kind of give some context here, Long ago, like a lot of cities, Denver has bans against public camping in public parks. Uh, so Civic Center Park, city, you know, city Park, you can't camp there. But then there has also been a law, I don't know how long it's been around, four or five years, that forbids people from sitting or lying down in the downtown di- business district. This would be the 16th Street Mall area between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. But 
this is the big complaint from business owners is after 9 p.m., after that sort of you can't sit or lie down here, then people move on to the 16th Street Mall and are there until 7 a.m. The complaints from some of these uh, business owners down there are things like, you know, I come outside in my, uh, you know, to open up my business and someone has taken a shit right in front of my storefront or there's garbage out there frat boy or who was partying the night before. you know and not just like and not just because i've actually noticed this not just like one dude you know the the lone homeless man like they're off in the corner we're talking about five or six people that will kind of lay right. in a circle down there and uh you know, from the perspective of business owners, but also people who are going down there shopping, tourists, people that, you know, want to be in this public space on the 16th Street Mall, having big gatherings of homeless people down there is a legitimate problem. Sure. But if it's 9 o'clock, if it's after 9 p.m., that's what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. right? So the tourism at that point is going to be people who are either going to really late dinners or they're out drinking. And I think a lot of the problem, I'm more offended by a lot of the partiers that come out of the bars. They piss all over the place, too. And they're puking everywhere. But we're not, I mean, but they're also spending a lot of money. So where is the complaints about that? We, I mean, we just went through, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day and, and all of the drunken revelry down there. And it's like. What? Why does that? Why is that excusable? Why is it okay for drunk people who are coming out of the bars to do to have these, you know, reprehensible activities? At, but not homeless people. It's because they're spending money. You got it right. Right. Yeah. But I, I think it's funny. I just think it's yeah. funny that they're calling this camping. <clears throat> yeah. You know that that like a homeless person who can't get into a shelter who's forced to sleep outside on the ground is camping. Well, it's funny because how this how this how this is dovetailed with the whole Occupy Wall Street movement and explosion there last year, where this you know added a new twist to this. I think that I think that business owners down there have been complaining about homeless people, like legitimately homeless people, being around in that downtown business area. But then Occupy Wall Street forcibly confronting this issue of public spaces and public parks parks actually setting up real encampments tents little structures little feeding areas mm-hmm. uh well, kitchens i guess outdoor kitchens feeding right. area is a bad uh example but, but uh but a lot of local <laughs> municipalities have all of a sudden having to confront this issue where you know we already have these laws against camping and people occupying these parks, setting up actual, like, you know, places where people are living. You know, they're not just, like, staying there temporarily, but they're actually living in these areas. What do we do about this? And a lot of what has happened is they're making tougher laws against that, giving police more power to either arrest or tear down these places in Boulder. Of all places, they they passed one of these ordinances because Occupy Boulder was setting up um, in front of the one, one of the municipal buildings. Colorado Springs, of course, um, enacted a similar law. But but across the country, you're seeing a lot of these laws. So I'm wondering what you guys think about how Occupy Wall Street has is is fitting into this particular law that we're seeing right now coming out before the Denver City Council. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's definitely factoring into it. I mean, it's but you can't say that's the cause necessarily because if you look at like the the, the shelters are what they're losing beds, losing mm-hmm. funding. I mean, there's a there's there's a tightening down on road home is tightening on. Uh, they're looking at a hundred thousand dollar cut. 
the Department of Human Services in Denver has a $14 million gap. So, and I think that that's true. I mean, but we're still looking at how are cops the solution? Yeah, exactly. How is law enforcement a solution to this? To well, either. I think th- I think that that what advocates will say, and of course, you know, we're talking people that are pushing this forward are you know people that were elected Denver City Council members in the city of Denver, so they're not raging conservatives. These people define themselves certainly probably as liberals. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got in certain areas. But the the person who's carrying this bill is Albris Brooks, who's the representative for, I don't know which council district, I think it's District 5, but that represents where we are right now in five points. He's the representative for five points. He's not like Charlie Brown, who's you know known to carry pretty conservative bills, or Jeannie Fotts, who's kind of in South Denver, who, will, who, is at, who actually used to be a, a Republican representative. So this isn't, you know, I, I look at this and I'm like, well, this isn't like the typical lines of, people that don't care about homelessness or aren't, you know, just lock them up and throw away the key type of mentality. Uh, There are lots of services, even though some of them are being cut, there is the, you know, the shelters right downtown Uh here where you'll see innumerable amount of people out there, the Good Samaritan shelter, but also the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless in partnership with the city of Denver has um, constructed and built a lot of transitional housing, uh, not only for people who just, you know, lost their homes and they need a place to stay, but for people who formerly had been living on the, you know, right there on the streets, they get a small apartment. It's sort of structured housing. A lot of the reasons why we don't know where those are is because these places, they look like downtown lofts. Everything that is along Park Avenue West, right right there, all of those new buildings, that's all like this mixed housing between people who were formerly homeless and formerly not. And in some ways, Denver has been held up nationally as a model for what other cities should do um, in terms of reducing homelessness. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's totally fair to say, well, they're just wanting to sweep this under the rug and aren't offering up any sure, solutions. Sure, sure. Uh, well, and that was all under, right, John Hickenlooper was a, a huge piece of that. So or Denver's, Ro- Denver's Road Home was his big mm-hmm. initiative. Right, and I, I'm, I'm curious. I haven't read anything yet. I, I'm curious to hear what he thinks about this and what his, I mean, you know, it's, it's, this is the great thing about Hick, right, is that he, he does have a lot of insight, and he can, he can really be um, a leader in, in public thinking here. I would really like to hear yeah. his thoughts and see, you know, when this all shakes out what he has to say because he j- I mean, he was just the mayor, so he knows the ins and outs of this. I'd be interested in that too, although I don't know that he'll weigh in. He does he tends not to weigh in on topics that are controversial and this this one gets right at the heart of even Hickenlooper's support base, which is largely the business community down there in the city of Denver. And that's who's really pushing this because Mayor Michael Hancock has uh, given his support for this particular bill. And this has been something, it's really interesting because as a person, me being uh, a longtime observer of the Denver City Council, having to cover the city council, the fact that this has been brewing since last fall, right? And that the careful, careful steps it's taken. And, and, and even today, it's like there's been these stories come out, but this bill hasn't even been introduced. We don't even know anything about it yet. Mm-hmm. So I think that that shows that the people who are trying to push this, they are being very, very careful. They are fearful of being labeled, you know, insensitive or being anti-homeless people or targeting homeless people. So they're, so they're trying to 
to affix this within the Denver City Council, and they've been very careful about making sure they have the support there before they're even going to push this forward. Yeah. Just just make them useful. Make them convert the homeless into mobile hotspots. <laughs> like like in uh, South, South, South by Southwest. Southwest. Yeah, someone want to explain this, Vanessa? Uh, well, so... There And I actually just read uh, a, a great Atlantic article on this because it was outrageous to find out that there are these things called Wi-Fi hotspots made of homeless people. What were they called? They're called, uh, yeah, homeless hotspots. So this company was going around uh, giving wireless uh, access to homeless people. You could go to the homeless person, buy wireless access from them because South by Southwest was running out of wireless Wi-Fi, there were yeah. just too much too many people trying to access and uh it sounds egregious but when you read about and it is but when you read about this company it's actually an advocacy group out of new york that works with homeless people there and they do a lot of good things there but they didn't do a very good job obviously of the pr with this so yeah, one of the PR things problem I mean, it if is. The homeless so, person wants to sell me Wi-Fi. Fine. Right, and they and they work. They actually don't give them just walk up on the street and give them to anybody. They work with homeless organizations so that they're giving them to specific people, and, and then the they take they, the money. The thing like, they compared it to is like the the, the homeless, voice. like the Voice in Denver, yeah. or these homeless newspapers right. where people can uh, sell those rather than having to panhandle right. for change. So you think it's just a PR problem, Josh? I think so. I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's fair for us to think that they're exploiting homeless. I think we should ask the homeless if they feel exploited or if they feel like they're being benefited by this. Exactly. I think. I mean, that's that's one of the problems with all the stories that we read today, too, in, in, in the Post and everything that's going on here. No media ever talks to the homeless people. Yeah, exactly. Never. You right. never see a homeless person quoted, rarely, unless they're in some kind of program where they're going through some kind of rehabilitation or... You know, getting housing and they're, you know, they're on the up and up. We're going to do a feel-good story about that. But when we've got issues like this, there's rarely... It's like we, we treat them source. like they're kids, like we're the parents. I guess the parents, what they think about what should be done with the kids. Okay, well then, not what should be done with the kids, but then what should be done to solve this particular problem here in Denver. Because right. homelessness has gone up, of course, because of the economy and general joblessness and people not being able to find jobs if you don't have high-tech skills or anything else like that. And there's there's a there's myriad other problems, right? Addiction, um, things like that that, that that come into this. But the result has been more homeless people on the streets, less money, less public money or even private money going into things like shelters or rehabilitation programs or things like that. A downtown business district where, you know, some of these people are, you know, wealthy, but a lot of them are just business owners, right? Small business owners trying to trying to get by. They need that that Denver needs these tourist dollars. Denver needs people to be coming here and spending money in that downtown business district to build up the tax base so that we can do things like have homeless shelters open. So what what solutions then, if not this, Josh, would you be leaning toward as, um, as something that could I, I mean, us. is there an alternative place for them to stay? I was in Switzerland in 2000, and we were hanging out in this park, and there, there were these wooden platforms just above the ground, and I asked someone who lived there, like, what the hell is this? And they said that's a, a place for homeless people to sleep. Like, they built, like, they actually, it was raised maybe a foot off the ground, and it was just a wooden platform. And then also, when I was in Munich, they took, um, the concrete like sewage tubes and stacked them 
so that people could put their sleeping bags in the in the tubes mm-hmm. and have some shelter. It's kind of like all what we tend to do is den- well we don't deny that there's a problem. But but to legislate the the solution isn't the answer. I mean, we're going to take them off the streets and then put them in jails. Right. And that's, and, and, and this is where my solution would come in. Where what's the cost? Well, yeah, what's the what's the cost? But I mean, the the, tr- the truth is, is that this is probably not something that's going to go away. That that there, are, I mean, there will always people that will um, some choose to be homeless. I mean, I know a homeless person in Fort Collins who um, won't sleep inside because he's claustrophobic. So even when he has a friend who has a home, he'll put his sleeping bag in the backyard. You know, it's it's it's, it's always going to be there. What? Is, why are they going to 16th Street Mall? Why are they going to these areas to stay? And give them an alternative. So, Vanessa, what mm-hmm. if, if you if you were to then be proposing an alternative to this, what would it be? Well, my alternative would be, I, I, like I said, I want to see the cost. I like that idea. They just people do need a place to go. And if you look, so uh, beyond Occupy, there was a story. I think it was on Now um, about tents, uh, homeless tent areas in Florida, and it was very controversial. This is where one of the first uh, laws like this was popping up, and there were really it's. Tent like camping tent, like the kind we take right. to the mountains. Um, and there's tons of families in these places, right? Like this is this is something that if if we aren't going to have this in our downtown area, which I agree we don't need, we don't want to have it in our downtown area necessarily, where all the shopping district is. But we do have to like there are other spaces that are nearby to. Other services. So you would, that you you would open that up to then saying this isn't. If you can't be here, homeless people, well, then you can be over here and allow people to then set up encampments there. Is that is that what you're looking at? I, I think yeah. I would. I mean, I would say there's there should be districts where it's acceptable. And and I the other thing is it's like what's going to happen if we don't offer these kinds of spaces, right? So what yeah. people we're going to drive homeless people into residential areas. That's going to work out really well. Not that Lodo's not a residential area, but at least there's. An, Numbers. We've got you know high traffic and lots of people in one place. Once you start to to get more dispersed and you go into places where there aren't a lot of people and you have anybody walking around who doesn't have a place to live or who you know people are going to freak out. Yeah. Well, I think that you know on one hand that's that's a nice sentiment that we can. If you can't be here, then we'll then we'll give you a space where you can be. But then, as soon as the city does that, as soon as it gives this de facto approval to this area where you can be here, then what happens is you have these semi permanent encampments get set up that essentially turn into slums, into ghettos where we don't. You know, it's not like they're going to be allowing people to camp right there in the middle of Commons Park, right? It would be somewhere out near probably the industrial area or along the Platte River. And if if this is the place where you're allowed to go, well, then initially, yes, this is a great place people can live. But what happens when there's crime associated with it, when, you, when you're concentrating this many people who are homeless into a single area, that yeah. can be just as problematic. Then, sure. you, then are you going to provide, provide sanitation I mean, services? Are you going to provide yes. health care? Are you going to be doing all of those things? And then, and then, what, then, what's, then what's, the ultimate, then what's the ultimate solution there? But here's the thing. So you just said you, there's, we're already criminalizing it. That is what they're offering as a solution to criminalize right. homelessness. So it's the same thing. Like you're, what, if crime goes up in an area of homelessness versus making homelessness a crime. Yeah. And these, these like encampments, they exist all around the world. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, kind, of, it's kind of strange that we don't have that. 
that we don't have don't we don't have that we don't have permanent encampments. Yeah. That people can yeah. Stay. yeah. 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 I mean, the favelas it, considering... in Brazil, like. Right, which are completely overrun by gangs and like crime right. and you know the death toll there. I mean, th- and this is one of these like nagging social problems where, uh, you know, it may start off as a place. Yeah, you can live there, and we're gonna we're we're not going to break down your encampment. You can stay there, but then it turns into this this long term kind of problem that we we don't know what to do with anymore because we've allowed this area to be set up. I guess that where I'm falling on this is. I'm going to really want to see the specifics of what this law comes out to be because I even think that like right now they're probably changing the language with the outcry that has come yeah. out about this. I would probably be more in support of them saying, well, we're going to now extend this ban on sleeping and camping in the, in this, in the downtown corridor past 9 p.m. They may be all, maybe all night that'll, that'll be a solution right. as opposed to doing with the way it looks now, this blanket you can't be anywhere at any time, or the police at least have the power to then roust you up anywhere that you exist. Uh, and this will go down a lot easier for everybody involved if it's coupled with you have this sort of law enforcement power that you're giving to the police, but then it's coupled with a, then a, a solution in terms of where will these people go in terms of a more humane solution in, in terms of getting these people not only off the streets, but then also permanently off the streets or into some treatment program or at least a place where they can stay, right? Because you, like you said, Vanessa, I do agree with that. You can't just be locking people up because then it it's that's inhumane, right? And it's wrong, but it's also a greater cost burden on taxpayers anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing right there. I, I, I really would like to see the cost analysis and how it's going to break down cost-wise because we know from advocacy organizations about how much it costs per person to do the kind of re- rehabilitation that everybody needs. Some people will need, um, you know, AA. Some people will need a lot of therapy because they're vets and they're coming, you know, they're PTSD, um, there's a lot of gay teenagers on the street um, there. And that's, that's another thing that we're not thinking about right now at all is what happens to the kids. I mean, there really are a lot of kids on the street. So, uh, there, I mean, it's just it's too complex for the police to deal with. I'm sorry, but police don't deal with complexity. They're very simply uh, forceful, and that's it. Josh, last thoughts? Um, not really. I mean, I guess I, I'm like you, interested in seeing what the language of this is, but I'm skeptical. Okay, well, listeners out there, drop us a line. Tell us what you think about this proposal. What would you? What would your solution be? And um, you know, what's your take if the Denver City Council actually passes a law like this? Drop us a line on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter at Denver Diatribe. So uh, before we close out, it's time for some love and hate, guys. Josh. You got one for us? I do. It's kind of a weak one, um, and it's mainly I was disappointed. On 13th Street, right by City of City, where the old Buffalo Exchange is, they've been, and I live right in the neighborhood, they've been doing construction on this place, and it's called The Desk. Um, a, a, what is it? it? Their tagline is something like a place to be creative. Huh. And I, I was under the assumption that it was going to be a coffee. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah, office. a place where you can go and get coffee but actually work. work. Yeah. Right, and because um, there's really, like, someone that works at home, and I need to get out of my fucking house sometimes. <laughs> like, you go, I go to Rooster Moon, I go to St. Mark's, and I do this trip where I walk in, It's there's no place to sit, I walk out, I go to the next place, no place to sit. It feels like there needs to be more of these spaces. But this desk place, um, I thought that's what it was going to be. It's actually a co-working place, oh. but instead of paying for the month membership, you pay by the hour. And I looked online, and it's... 
prohibitively expensive. How much? It's like five bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you sit there for two hours, it's ten bucks, and that's on top of whatever it is that you're consuming while there. So if you're like an independent contractor, you're making however many much an hour anyway, you're going to have to deduct that. And at that point, it's like, why? Right. I think there just needs to be uh, like a place four times the size of St. Mark's that has pretty just basic tables and basic food and coffee, you know? And you have to buy something once an hour or something like that. Or your internet gets cut off. Co-working is typically 15 to $20 for the day if you buy a day pass. That's, yeah. that's average. See, and that's that's something I could deal with, I guess. You know, if yeah. I paid seven fifty to be there from 8 to noon, that's about all I can handle in one place anyway. But for 5 bucks an hour? No. And especially if you're freelancing, man. I was, and, and you get paid by, if you're a writer, getting paid by the word or by the project or something right. like that. You're already like, if you... Do the math on how many hours you spend. It's like so, it's so disconcerting. Yeah, you're making and like scourging. You do forty cents an hour. <laughs> cents an hour, and then all of a sudden, then if you're paying money on top of that right. per hour, right. you know, it's like oh man, like I my my per diem for the day is just totally gone. My yeah. my my forty cent profit has yeah. been wiped out by the coffee fees. Vanessa, do you have a place you like to go to? Uh, to co-work? Yeah. Um, well, I used or to be a, a coffee shop that anyone can go to um, in Boulder or Denver. Yeah, I mean, I well, I used to go to Saxe's. I loved Saxe's in Boulder, On Pearl and Street. Uh, it's right. It was right off Pearl, and it closed. It closed. Yes. Oh, it did. So sad. Oh. Just like yes. recently. Yeah, very recently. Oh. Um, that was my favorite place in Boulder. And there, uh, Boulder is awesome because there are a gazillion coffee so shops. I mean, there's Atlas, there's Ozo, there. I mean, so many. So I go, you know, wherever I can. I've also actually done. Uh, co-working. I was one of the first co-working residents at Boulder Digital Arts. And last night, I went to a a networking event at Scrib, which is a new co-working spot right off uh, the Pearl Street Mall on Broadway, too, and it's pretty nice. So there's a lot. I mean, co-working is so popular now that it's, I mean, there's, I don't know how many on the front range. Yeah. And there's a lot of places to go. I I like going to different co-working spaces if it's convenient because it is, it it's nicer. It's more. You can focus better than you can at a coffee shop, yeah. and you don't feel like you have to get up and buy something because you know you're sitting there feeling guilty. Right, right. Like, okay, right. I need to buy something every like hour or two or something. I, like I that. think. I think ultimately, what I'm saying is, it's not necessarily a hate. It's just a big disappointment. Because I really thought that this would be a solution for me, and it's not going to. Well, I don't think it's going to be successful. I think they're going to find that five bucks an hour people get. It's and I think I mean I I know that it was at least five bucks an hour. I I forget the exact numbers, and you can look this up. It's they have a a very small website right now. But but for like, if you wanted an isolation room, they call it. So if you had to make phone calls, fifteen dollars an hour. Well, maybe what they do is they have these hourly fees, but then they'll offer some type of membership. I can see that. I didn't see that listed, but that would make sense. They're doing online reservations too. So just to be clear with people, this is on 13th Street on Capitol Hill where the old Buffalo Exchange used to be. Yes, the desk. The Buffalo Exchange, which is now down on Broadway, which I went to. Yeah, they have a small one next door. I mean, they they still have a presence in that space, but it's... it's, The Buffalo Closet? Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, Buffalo Closet. (laughs) The Buffalo... What is it? What is a baby Buffalo? Like a Buffalo calf? A calf. calf. Probably. The calf. Yeah. Anyway, Vanessa, love or hate? Um, I'm going to give some love to uh, one of our our wonderful live Twitter followers, Marcelo Duran, at Guy Incognito. I don't... Has anybody given him love before? Because I'm sitting here on Twitter right now, and he's he's sending us uh, Manning messages, so I'm going to read it. I'm sure his mother mother loves him. (laughs) I hope so. Um, A a Manning among men. Oh. A Manning apart. And of mice and Manning. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, nice and manning. I love that. Oh, my God. Okay, at 
guy incognito yeah. correct. person to follow. He's yes. very active. All right, and so I have a I have a slight hate this week. I don't know if it rises to that. It's just more of a, a confusing thing that I've come across where Illegal Pete's is doing this new campaign uh, to to help against in the fight against autism, right? And so what they're offering is that if you get a burrito and you want it smothered and you pay a dollar extra, then they donate that dollar to help uh, autism, help in this, finding ways to cure autism or whatever, which is a totally good cause. But um, the big, the, the name of this campaign that they're doing that they put on these big signs when you uh-huh. walk in is Smother Autism. <laughs> they smother Autism. So I, and, and there's a, at, at least there's not a picture of like an autistic child on there. They do keep a burrito on <laughs> The, the, the thing, but it's, it's just confusing. Smother autism? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think about that slogan as a... Well, isn't marketing? smothering is giving too much love? It's like controlling but love. I think, like, you, you know, people get smothered to death. Yeah, they That's do. That's what I thought. too. Yeah, yeah. well, I, d- well, I don't the- think anytime you... You got to be careful with food, right? Like, really careful. Right. Not doing stuff like that. You don't want to associate it with something that is not... I know, my burrito, my smothered burrito, <laughs> autism. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know? am I going to get autism from this burrito? <laughs> yeah, you know, smother AIDS, right? And you're yeah. just like, Anyway, that is all the love and hate that we have time for this week. Uh, We're going to uh, ask you to, if you're listening to us live uh, online, please subscribe to us uh, at DenverDiatribe.com and send us a text, or not a text, a a Twitter message at Denver Diatribe for Josh, Vanessa, and Julian. I'm Jared Jacang Mayer. We are out. Yeah.